good morning, everybody. So apparently Chaplain Lowe asked one of us volleyball players to introduce today's speaker. And when people said both of our names, Coach Steph quickly said, oh, that's fine, you're twins. So that's basically the same thing. <laughs> uh, also, we figured about half of you didn't even know we were twins. We probably were the same person to you until right now. <laughs> so here we are, both of us, getting to introduce today's speaker, Stephanie Wharton. Steph, or Coach Steph, as we affectionately call her, graduated from Covenant in 2006 as an English major with a minor in Biblical Studies. She also happened to live on 3rd Central. I'm just throwing that in there. She is happily married to Ben Wharton, as well, who is also a well-known figure on Covenant campus, as he used to be the varsity men's baseball assistant coach and also taught a couple PE classes here. Um, she has two little boys named Zeke, who's five, and Josiah, who's three, and she currently has one on the way. Yay. Uh, they live on Lookout Mountain and are members at Lookout Mountain Presbyterian Church. Apart from all of that, she's an incredible and passionate volleyball coach, an intentional and thoughtful mentor, a loving friend, a talented writer, and most importantly, a woman who reflects Jesus in so many ways. Um, she's also pretty silly, and we love her for that. Um, I, as many of you sitting in these seats know, um, Steph loves and pursues Christ so much, and therefore she pursues others with that. Uh, she has a gift for seeing and speaking into situations with love and grace. Um, and that's why it is our privilege to introduce today's speaker to you, Stephanie Wharton. Good morning, everybody. When I told um, Chaplain Lowe I would do this, I was sure that half of you would be gone for fall break already. So, But you're not, you're here, which is great. Um, so today I'm just going to share with you a story that happened in our family, and it's a true story. It's, um, it's an emotionally charged story. So if I start crying, just cry with me and pray for me, and it'll be great. Um, so I'm going to share that story, and then I'm going to attempt to apply it to the gospel and the gospel is so beautiful, so I hope that that's the part that, that you um, remember and that sticks with you. Um, so this story is about Josiah. Um, he's my fearless redhead. Um, on Friday, September 4th, 2015, I was preparing to go with the volleyball girls on an away trip. It was Labor Day weekend last year, and Ben's family has a huge family reunion every year. So we were gearing up for that. Ben had a, um, one of those exposure camps the next day, so maybe some of you were expecting to see him and didn't end up seeing him there. But um, So we were getting ready for that big weekend, and it was about lunchtime. I had to go home to finish packing for the trip, but I wanted to go ahead and bring the boys over there and um, let them be with their cousins and have a good time and all of that. So um, we, I headed over there. It's one of those things where, as a parent, which I know you guys don't know yet, there's this kind of heaviness, this loving responsibility that you always carry, even when you are not watching your kids at that moment. Um, so I left with a normal little bit of hesitancy of, oh, I hope they're going to be okay. And um, so I got home. I was rushing through some emails, trying to get ready to go on our volleyball trip. And then I got the call, the call that you just absolutely dread as a parent. As soon as I heard Ben's voice, I knew that something terrible had happened. 
And um, we had just talked a few minutes before, so I thought it was one of those things where he was just calling me back and was going to, you know, remind me something else or whatever. And so I kind of answered the phone shortly, like, hello? And then um, he said, you need to sit down. And I was already sitting down, but fear gripped my chest in that moment. And he said, he's breathing, but Josiah fell in the pool. They don't know exactly how long he's been in there um, before they found him. Probably three to five minutes, a helicopter, a life force helicopter is on its way to pick him up and take him to Erlanger. I immediately burst into tears because I know my son, that little feisty redhead. This is a kid who has no fear. Um, Katie Stanford knows all about this. I don't know if you know her, but we were doing swim lessons at UTC, and he would, it, for a two-year-old, he was two at the time, and he would literally just jump in the pool. The purpose of the class for the two-year-old, as Hannah Harris knows, teaching swim lessons, um, is to help them get over their fear of the water. Well, he had no fear of the water. We would get there, and I'd be doing something, and he would run and jump in. So I knew that, I knew that he didn't fall in the pool. I knew that he ran and jumped in when nobody was looking. Um, and I knew that he would do it again. Um, so Ben got the call before he called me, and he left here so fast and got to his parents' house in record time and told me I was at my house, which is kind of near between Rock City and the golf course, and he told me to just wait there until he picked me up. I called Coach Eamon and to tell her what had happened through tears, and, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't know exactly how bad it was. I didn't know if I was still going on the volleyball trip or what was happening exactly, um, but Ben called her quickly after that and said, no, she will not be going, and ended up, actually, they canceled the game because it was all just, we were all just so upset not knowing exactly what was happening. So after that phone call, I was just waiting. Time just stood completely still. My prayers were liquid prayers. I was just crying, and I was pacing back and forth in my kitchen saying, God, please let me keep my baby. Please protect his little brain and let him be the same little boy he was before. And even as I said, my baby, I knew that he was his baby. And I remember being on my, um, on my knees in my living room with my head on my couch and just praying and saying, please protect my baby. Um, be with my baby. It's interesting how your prayers change. You know how sometimes when you pray and you're like trying to think of things to say and you're like, dear God, um, if you could just, you know, you know when you pray like that? The prayers were not like that. It was, God, please, please be with my baby. Um, protect his brain. And um, after I prayed for a little bit, I um, paced in my kitchen. My heart was racing and I couldn't just stand there anymore. So I got this little I don't know if y'all know, Disney Plains, Little Plains Dusty Crop Hopper bag and filled it with little toys that he likes and filled this other little bag that has penguins on it and filled it with snacks that he likes. I didn't know what I was doing. And I just grabbed those and I, um, I got my phone and some water, locked the door and just started walking up the street in the direction that I knew Ben would be coming with tears streaming down my face. Um, I remember it was beautiful outside and it seemed like just darkness was everywhere though at the same time. Um, I had made it to Cinderella Road when Ben pulled up. I hopped in, he gave me a tearful squeeze, and we raced to the hospital. Ben uh, has grown up on the mountain his whole life, so he's one of those people that goes so fast down the mountain. But you know when somebody, a tourist, is here, and they're going so slow, that's what it felt like. We were, at like, it was like, everybody move, please, like we we're going to the hospital. But it took so long to get there, it felt like. Um, we finally got there, and I would have been so confused about where to go and what to do, but Ben has been there a time or two. He's a little injury prone. And his, and his dad works there. 
And um, so we, he, we went inside, and the first person we saw was Len Teague. Many of you know Len Teague at LMPC, and he's one of our close friends and pastors. And he was standing there with tears in his eyes and handed us our visitor's passes and showed us where to go. And um, we, went, we rushed back there, and I can just remember hearing Josiah crying and knowing that that was a good thing. Um, nurses and doctors were going in and out. Dr. Wharton was there. I don't know if you know Aaron Tolson. He was there. There were lots of hugs and tears, but no one preached at us. No one said, this is, it, you know, Romans 8, 28, no one said any of that to us. They just hugged us and cried with us. Um, so that's an encouragement. Another talk for another day, but when someone is hurting, just cry with them and be with them. Um, we couldn't go in to see him yet because they were doing lots of t um, tests, and within a few minutes, other pastors were showing up from LNPC, and soon a doctor came out to talk to us. I literally have no idea what he said, but he said we could go in, and there was my baby. He was strapped to some sort of table because they had to test his spine. Tubes were all over the place. I rushed to his side and held his little hand and said, can you say mama? And he said, mama. And, and Ben was with me and, sorry, and Josiah said, daddy. And he knew who we were and he called us by name. He was crying, but he was saying our names. And um, I can tell you that the worst day in my life became the absolute best day. Um, it got even better because I said, of course, I like wanted more. And I was like, can you say puppy? And he was like, he was like, no. <laughs> and uh, Josiah's my feisty one, so I was like, yes, his personality is intact. Um, the rest of it is a blur. Doctors uh, coming in and out. Um, Josiah's stomach was hugely bloated from the CPR, so they had to put a special tube in to take take out the pressure. I'm not good at all that stuff, so I stepped out, but of course Ben stayed. Um, after a few other tests, they knew all his vital signs were good, his spine was good, everything was okay. We were just gonna need to spend at least one night in the uh, pediatric intensive care unit to keep an eye on his lungs and for him to be on oxygen. And I remember Dr. Wharton saying, is there any reason she can't hold him? And they put him in my arms and his sweet little cold body finally uh, relaxed and he was able to rest for a little bit. So they took us up to the pediatric intensive care unit where we would be for a while. So many people came to see us. The entire volleyball team came. Um, they were only allowed in two by two, so we were quite the presence in the hallway. Um, and um, yeah, a lot of the baseball guys came and so many other people came. Um, my small group loves this part, so I wanted to make sure I included it for you guys. So the, the that little bag of movies came in very handy and toys, but not so much the bag of snacks because his stomach had just been through um, so much. But um, so, um, yeah, so we would watch movies and he, you know, he wanted, he, he couldn't eat anything. But um, in the middle of the night, I was kind of, you know, I was just in the hospital snuggling in a chair, just kind of out of it. And I wake up and he's going, want a cookie, please. <laughs> and um, I was like, well, you can have some ice. <laughs> but um, anyway, that night I wrestled with questions of how could this happen? Why did God say yes to me and let me keep my baby when I know he has said no to other people in very similar situations and many other really hard questions? And we don't always get to know the answer to those questions, um, but it is so normal to ask them, and it was so good to have a really kind husband who listened with understanding. Um, 
But through that experience, I learned so much about our Father's love for us because of what Josiah went through, but also because of what uh, one of our other pastors who came to visit, he said to me, he said, um, he asked how Josiah was doing, he asked how I was doing, and he said, you got to taste today in a very small way what the Heavenly Father went through when his son died. And I did taste it just for a few hours. That, that agony, that pain, that terror, even that feeling of my baby might be gone, my baby might not be the same little boy he was, God felt that for me so that I could be his baby and for you. Um, John 3.16 is one of those verses that we kind of, you know, you learn when you're five and you know it and you don't realize how beautiful it is. And that verse became so important to me. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his baby, that whoever believes in him may not perish but have everlasting life. And my encouragement for you today is to insert your name in there instead of the world. For God so loved Jenny that he gave his only son, his baby, so that you could be his baby. Um, and my story makes me emotional. It's the saddest, you know, it's a sad story, but Jesus was the perfect lamb of God. It's the saddest story of all time. He was nailed to a tree, and he died from, from suffocation, basically the same thing with Josiah in the water. You know, when I think about him in the water, it's almost unbearable thinking about him kicking and grasping for air and uh, just trying to breathe and not being able to breathe. Um, and Jesus felt that same thing on the cross. And um, the father watched his son die so that we could be his children. And Jesus even cried out to his father and he said, Daddy, Daddy. And his dad didn't answer him. He let him die so that we could be his children. Um, and that's just the best thing ever. Um, so that song that we just sang is so powerful to me, I can barely get through it. Um, how great the pain of searing loss how deep the Father's love for us. I learned what that meant that day. Um, sorry, but in, uh, in no other religion does the Almighty suffer that way. Um, so, anyway, it's beautiful. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? But... That is not the end of the story. Um, I get to stand up here and tell you that my son is alive. And in the same way, Jesus is alive. And he is up in heaven. And as we say in our prayer every night, he is watching over us. So when we, when we heard him say, Mama and Daddy, that was the, you know, the best moment of my life so far. My baby was okay. So we still get to hear Josiah's sweet grin that you saw in the first picture. We get to hear his funny laugh. If you don't know him, he's hilarious. Um, we get to comfort him when he gets an ouchie, um, feel the warmth of his cheek when he gives us a snuggle, and watch him and Zeke grow closer as brothers. And they're very sweet brothers. Um, Jesus' resurrection took the power away from death. It no longer has the final word. Um, death does not win. Every night when we pray, the boys say, Thank you that you beat death. Um, so, for, so for now, for us as God's children, death is not um, this 
big, dark, looming thing. That doesn't mean it's not awful. This side of heaven, it is awful. Death is the worst part of the fall. It's separation from people that you love. Um, but it is not the end. Jesus conquered it. Jesus beat it. And I knew that even if God had decided to take Josiah up to dance with the angels instead of with us, um, that was not the end. And that we have an everlasting hope now, even because of the pain the Father and the Son were willing to face. Um, so, and then another, another one of my favorite parts of the story is that Josiah was pulled out of the water at just the right time. I tell the story from my perspective, but Ben's family had to see had to see him get pulled out of the water, blue in the face, and not know whether he was going to make it. Um, I'm pretty sure Dr. Wharton, who's been practicing medicine for a long time here in Chattanooga, said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen. Um, but my brother-in-law, Phil, was going inside. Their pool is here, and they were go he was going inside to get something, and he just happened to look and see Josiah floating in the pool. He pulled him out. He's an a, um, anesthesiologist. So he immediately started doing medically trained CPR, and so did Dr. Wharton. And um, it happened at just the right time. All the doctors in the hospital kept saying is such a near miss. Nothing, nothing is wrong with Josiah. He's completely, completely fine, completely normal. Um, but that reminds me of the same thing of, of that verse in Romans, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Um, so we were rescued, and then also we can cry out, and he is always with us. So when you're alone in your room and you're drowning in feelings of apathy or loneliness or inadequacy or anxiety or depression or unworthiness or you keep just telling yourself, I'm not good enough, I'll never measure up, you get to cry out, Daddy, Daddy, and he hears you because he didn't answer his son. You get to cry out and he will comfort you and he will hold you. Um, I love the language in Isaiah 4. 46.4, he says, I made you and I will carry you. He literally holds you. And as a parent, you know, when your child is crying, you pick them up and say, shh, it's okay, I'm here. And that's exactly what the Heavenly Father does for you and for me. Um, the Father and the Son both suffered as he struggled for breath on the cross because he wanted you as his child so badly. If he's willing to do that, know that he will never, ever leave you. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you are so much bigger than our weaknesses. And I thank you so much for your tender mercy and for sparing Josiah's life. I thank you that you sent your son and you watched him die so that we could be your children. I thank you that you conquered death so that it is now a doorway to glory. I thank you that we get to cry out to you and that you hold us and comfort us when things don't seem like they will work out. And Lord, I just give you glory. I praise your name. You are so kind and so tender and so good. And I thank you for your majesty and your, um, your power. I thank you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So in closing, uh, Miss Steph asks us to sing Jesus Loves Me um, in place of the doxology. So we're going to close with that. Jesus loves me this side.